I'd like to show you why knowing your why is the start of your journey. Without a strong why, it can be so difficult to reach your maximum potential. My name is Dr. Jason Ballara, and every week I meet with real estate investors and mindset specialists that are taking action in order to build a life according to their own terms. We will break down what drives successful people and allows them to achieve at such a high level. If you are a professional wanting to break through, or simply someone that wants to hear an inspiring story, the Know Your Why podcast is made for you. Hi everyone, I'm Jason Ballara and this is the Know Your Why podcast. Today I'm here with Eric Nelson. Uh, Eric is an engineer uh, and also a real estate investor. Eric, thanks for coming on the show today. Yeah, Jason, my pleasure. It's an honor to be here. Appreciate you having me on. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Eric, would you, would you go ahead and, and kind of just give us a, a glimpse into your background, let us, you know, let us know your story, and then we'll dive into whatever topics uh, seem to, to interest us. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I'm from Southwest Colorado. In fact, uh, I live here now again, we kind of landed back here, but I uh, went to school for engineering. So I studied civil engineering and kind of, you know, like a lot of people, I just, that was the route that I was kind of told to do, right? So go to college, get a job, um, do that stuff. And once I got that, once I got that engineering job, I'll be honest, it was pretty dull. I mean, I was like, oh my gosh, I can't do this forever. Uh, and, and I guess to bring it to real estate, I will say I was kind of thinking there's got to be other ways to make money. I mean, that came at a pretty young age. And so uh, I'll kind of backtrack to real estate, but, but go forward. Um, so then I decided to start my own company. And so I started an engineering company and have, have been pretty successful with that. Uh, even though we're small, it's just, it's, it's enjoyable to kind of be my own boss, right? And now things have ramped up real estate wise. And so to kind of go backwards, uh, my my brother and I bought a house actually in college and it was this interesting, basically had the thought of like, why are we paying rent when we could buy a house and and rent out the rooms, right? So we didn't even know what house hacking was. I didn't even know how to do the math. I just thought this would be a good idea. So we bought a house and we did just that. We kind of house hacked. It had an empty basement, like an unfinished basement. So we kind of slowly flipped that house and it was bad timing well, I guess you could say it's good timing because we, we bought it in, I think, 07. And so even as two college students, we could get a loan on it, which is crazy. And then I think we sold in 2010. And to us, we were somewhat insulated as students. I mean, the market was just crushing people. And we were just going to school. Our friends are going to school. They had a little bit of money, paying rent, that type of thing. Uh, we had no money because we were in college, but it felt like, you know, enough to pay rent and get some pizza <laughs> was a lot of money. Anyway, so we sold it. Uh, and that was kind of my intro into real estate. So this actually kind of works. But like a lot of people slowly kind of got, it just took forever to get started. And again, I didn't know what I was doing. So we bought our single family house, my wife and I. Uh, and then we kind of same story. We just bought a rental and we didn't, we didn't know how to do the math. I just thought if you could cover the mortgage with the rent, that's great. Someone else is paying for this house. You know, in reality, we're probably losing money because, you know, month over month there's expenses and all that stuff. So um, took a little bit of growing pains, I guess. And then we started realizing, okay, let's do the multifamily thing. If we can get a little bit bigger bang for a buck. So we bought a sixplex with some pretty unique financing. Um, and the same thing, bought a threeplex with some very unique financing. And then uh, we were just completely tapped out of cash. And so at that point, that's when I really was like, okay, how else can we make money at this? And I just happened to find bigger pockets. A friend kind of tipped me off. And like a lot of people, just really ran with it. I was like, oh my gosh, now I can see how to 
to analyze this stuff, what it means to, to do the math. And then, um, you know, went to a meetup actually and found my current mentor there. I was really lucky. And he kind of like pushed me more into syndication. That's kind of where I am now. So happy to chat about any and all of that for sure. But at the moment, that's where we are is doing um, buying apartment buildings in Oklahoma and Texas mainly. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Let's, uh, I mean, we'll, we kind of, kind of break it down. There's a lot of good stuff there. Um, so you sort of started with house hacking almost by accident, I guess the, the, you know, idea that we don't want to pay someone else rent. And I, I think that's realistically how a lot of people get started. It's kind of how I got started. I was like, I don't want to buy, I don't want to pay someone's rent. I'm going to buy this <laughs> It same, actually same time period, like inexpensive house. They'll give anyone a loan, like, and you can, um, you know, take, take on roommates and stuff and help, help pay for the, the mortgage. Um, and so you kind of work through that now. I, I know you said you didn't, you know, really know how to do the math and everything. And, and I think that it may be a, a good thing to touch on. So with, with that, right, there's a lot with bigger pockets, especially there's a lot of calculators and things like that on how to, how to, you know, know if, uh, if you're truly making money on a, uh, on a rental, um, but I guess you could also argue, even if you're not specifically making cash flow, you, you're someone else is paying down your principal. You've got the tax benefits, but it it just goes to point out how many different uh, benefits there are within real estate. So I know you said you know kind of maybe you were losing money on that house that you and your wife had bought as a rental, but but realistically, I don't know if you ever calculated it. Do you do you know? Did you did you truly lose money or did you? Just no, oh, I did. Yeah. And I, no, we didn't lose money. <laughs> so, I mean, you're absolutely right. Right. So I got a little lucky with the timing. Um, I mean, the market's been going nuts for like, gosh, 10 years now. And so that one we bought in, I don't know, 17, 18, somewhere in there, held it for two years. And it was a true rental. Um, and at the end of the day, we made eight or 9%. And so I, I will say, you know, annualize is not a great return given what I know now, but we absolutely made money. And, you, and you're, you're totally right. I mean, had we held it, we would have made even more money. I mean, the, the market's gone pretty nuts even since then. So I completely agree with what you're saying. I mean, I have a friend who like, it's his favorite thing to talk about principal buy down. I mean, cause he like, he has a different philosophy than me and everyone, you know, you got to do what's right for you. But he's always talking about, he owns a commercial building, you know, his renter pays $5,000 towards his principal every month. And he's like, that's just basically money in my pocket down the road. And then, yeah, there's all the other benefits too. And I think depreciation, I mean, I don't want to get too far into this, but depreciation is a little bit of a, a double-edged sword because at some point either you got to pay it back or yeah. you're, you know, anyway, but it is a benefit. I mean, cause it is kind of like, it is a tax deference. And so for at least the time being, you can defer some of that tax. And so if you say delay your tax until the sale, let's say it's five, six years, that, that can be a lot of money that you could have um, put to use somewhere else. So I think that's the argument for that. And then, yeah, I think uh, you're right. I mean, there's not really, just because you're not cash flowing doesn't mean it's not a good investment. It's, it's sometimes, um, again, I think there's better out there than just that, but I like, I like your thinking. Yeah. Yeah. And it just, like you said, it totally depends on your strategy, right? If you're, it, I, I've heard people talk, you know, big commercial investors and they, I've heard them say like, all I care about is net worth. That's what I'm, that's what I'm focused on, not cash flow. You hear other people say, I'm, I'm just focused on cash flow. Other people just, you know, in it for the long term, they're just going to, you know, 
apply down that principle. So you just have, there's so many different opportunities and avenues that you can take. You just have to kind of decide what, what you want, what you want to achieve. Cash flow is awesome. Uh, and, and there are markets where if you, you know, really seek out the right deals, you can effectively get all of it for, you know, for all intents and purposes. So it, it, it's, it just points out the different benefits. Um, so that when you, when you moved on, you said you bought a sixplex and a threeplex, right? That was kind of your, your foray into multifamily. Yeah, exactly. Um, and truthfully, I mean, we were pretty short on cash. And so I was kind of looking, our market's kind of expensive. And I was, I just kept thinking, you know, there's gotta be a way to, to get into this. Uh, and if you want, I'll, I'll dive into that story. I mean, it's, it's actually pretty interesting. Yeah. That, yeah. I was, uh, my first son, I have two little boys. Now, I guess not so little, he's four, but at the time he was a baby and I was just pushing him down the street and I saw, I saw this older gentleman sitting on the yard of the sixplex and, uh, and I said, Hey, he was like putting in a for rent sign in the yard. And I was like, Oh, Hey, it looks like you're, uh, you know, renting this place. You mind, you mind asking me, or do you mind if I ask what it was for rent? And he kind of gave me the rent price and it was super low. <laughs> I mean, I, I know the market really well. I was like, man, I didn't want to say anything. I was like, oh, okay, cool. Well, hey, I'm, I'm not actually looking to rent. I'm looking to buy. Would you be interested to sell? And he was like, yeah, yeah, I would. I think I would for the right price. And uh, I said, okay, cool. Let, let me give you my number and let's connect later. Give me a shout and think on your number. That's kind of where I left it, you know? And then, because I don't want to like just dive in his face about all this stuff. Um, and so I was thinking he's, he, he might own this outright. It was kind of back of my mind right so he called me we started talking he gave me a number it was kind of high for the market and i think he knew that uh, i said okay well that's that's potentially possible do you do you owe any on the building he goes no i inherited it and i said okay cool um would you mind would you consider owner financing he's like yeah i, I kind of heard about that can you tell me what it is I mean, that's kind of how the conversation went and so I described, well, it's sort of like this. I mean, sort of like the bank and, and then we can actually negotiate terms just between us. We can find something that works. And I could tell immediately, and I'll just tell you, it was a million dollars. It was a million dollars for the sixplex. And I could tell he was focused on that number. And I said, well, okay, that's a little high for the market. But if you'll underfinance it at a really low down payment and a 40-year amortization, I can make that work. And for him, he had never heard of that word. He didn't even know what amortization was. He's like, well, what's my monthly payment? And because his rents were so low, he, he could get a more of a monthly payment from me than he could from his current rents. And if you think about that in his position, he's like, sweet, I don't have to do all this stuff. And, and the other thing I'll mention is there was an empty unit that was just jammed with stuff. He was only renting five of the six. So I knew immediately we could clean it out, clean it up and get it rented. Uh, and so I was like, cool, I'll pay the million dollars. Um, and I paid 35,000 down. So he, he took a three and a half thousand or three and a half percent down payment. His attorney was like, kind of mad at me, actually. He's like, I can't believe you're going to do this. To the guy. <laughs> and I said, yeah, it's a little bit of a risk, but worst case scenario, it gets the property back. Right. I don't, I don't think it's a, a bad gig, uh, you know, even in a, a kind of risky situation as a lender and he's owned the place forever. So it's, it's like, I don't know. I was anyway, so it worked out really, really well. Um, took over the property and we did just that. We cleaned up the sixth unit and as every unit turned, we got back up to market and we were making pretty good cash flow. We recently sold it um, only really because it was a bit of a headache. I mean, there, there's no other way to say it, uh, but it was a great learning experience and 
And actually when we sold the property, he carried that note on. So it was easy to kind of sell it to because the, the next buyer was like, oh, I'll, I'll just continue the owner finance deal. And the seller was like, great. Yeah, I love this monthly payment thing. So it's kind of a win-win-win. Um, so it all kind of worked out, but it was just, it was kind of fun to just literally be walking on the street and ask the questions. And, uh, you know, to tell the full story, I, I do that a lot, even now. <laughs> I still ask people if they want to sell, if they have a rent for rent sign out. And so uh, I get a lot of no's, but occasionally I get a yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean, that's, that's the trick, right? You just, you need to talk to everybody about what you're trying to do. You know, even as you, you know, people talk about driving for dollars all the time, you're, you know, walking your kids for dollars. That's a same thing. Basically, if you can find things yeah. in your neighborhood, that's fantastic. So uh, I like it. I like, I like the, you know, sort of creative, uh, creative owner financing. I think, you know, you also hear people talk about, you know, when you're, when you're in a negotiation, you, you can sort of say your price, my terms or vice versa. Right. So, and, and that's exactly what you did. So, you, you know, the, they're happy, you're happy. It doesn't have to be one person, winning you know the negotiation doesn't have to it doesn't have to be a beat down it doesn't have to be anything like that it just you know you, you're solving their need you're sol they're solving your need and it and everybody wins so that's that's fantastic and you did do the did you do the same thing sort of with that three unit did yeah and that's actually kind of cool um it basically the exact same story i was walking down the street she older woman she's awesome uh same story and i basically kind of did the same routine where i saw the friend sign said hey would you sell it and she was a little bit more, um, I guess, savvy. I mean, she's like, yeah, I would own her finance it for the right, you know, cost terms, all that stuff. Um, but the front house is, was pretty nice. And then there's a duplex in the back. And what we ended up doing was moving into the house and we still live there. So uh, we love our neighbors. We have really good tenants. We didn't at first, but that's, you know, the kind of the growing pains, right? But she owned her finance it for us. Same story. Um, she went a little bit more down, of course, but so that was our primary residence. And when we moved, it was pretty good timing because our previous house we'd lived in for just over two years. So we ended up actually selling that previous one, of course, um, pretty much tax-free profits. And so that's another, you know, thing I'm sure your listeners know we lived in it for two years and, and we could actually end up selling it. And so it was really, really good timing all around and we still live there. So we have two renters that offset our mortgage and it's not really like a true triplex. I mean, it doesn't like live that way. Um, it's kind of a gym for sure. And we, and we still love being there. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a, a good point that you brought up as, as far as, you know, uh, avoiding capital gains tax on a primary residence sale. So if you, the, the rule is if you live there two out of the five previous years, then basically you can sell without uh, having to pay capital gains tax up to, I want to say it's 250,000 for a single person and 500,000 for a married couple. So it, you've got that, um, you know, sort of, built-in cushion of essentially tax-free money if, if you've lived in it. So you can, you know, doesn't have to be the first two years. It doesn't have to be the last two years, just, just two out of the five previous years. So that's, that's awesome to take advantage of that. Um, so then you said you now have sort of moved into the syndication space. How did, how did that work? Kind of what are you working on there? Yeah. Um, so again, we kind of, kind of lucked into it. So we, at that point, I mean, we were, we were truly out of money. It was like, just, I wanted to invest more. I really thought maybe I could find some more kind of low down payment options. It's just, you know, how it goes. It's a challenge, right? Especially if you're trying to do that, because it's just, it's really, really challenging. Um, so I went to a meetup and found a 
couple of people doing kind of similar stuff. It was really cool to meet some local people in the same world. And my current coach and mentor uh, was running the meetup. And so I just went a couple of times and we connected and I said, Hey, do you need help running this thing? Um, there's not a lot to it, but I'm happy to help logistics or, you know, step in if you're out of town or whatever. And he's like, yeah, sure. That'd be great. So we kind of got a little bit of a connection there and we'd meet up for lunch or something. And he was like, I'm listening to your story and you, you just need to partner. <laughs> it's like, you have the knowledge, you know what you're doing. Why aren't you partnering with somebody? And to be completely honest, it's like completely limiting mindset. I was just like, ah, I don't really want to partner with someone. And, and so it took him some kind of jabbing for months, really. He's like, you just got to find someone who's willing to partner with you and has some capital. And so really the next thing from there was doing just that. I just finally said, okay, fine, you, you know, let's do this. So I started looking for some deals out of state at that point because I knew the cash flow would be better um, and I could find, you know, a little bit more affordable deals. So I found an eightplex in Texas and then I found a partner basically from the deal. And so it might've been a little bit backwards. I mean, it worked well because I'd kind of been putting some feelers out, found a really good deal, reached out to a guy who I knew had some cash. And I said, Hey, if, if you partner with me on this, I'll do basically everything. You know, I want you to be part of it. I want you to learn. And that was kind of his gig. He's like, yeah, great. I'll, I'll do all the cash. I just want to be a part of the meetings. I want to learn the process. It's a really great partnership. And my, and I brought my brother in as well. So there's three partners on that deal and it worked. It's still working really well. We still own that property, um, doing great. And so then uh, again, it was like, okay, what's sort of the next step here. And that's when Jens was telling me about syndication. And again, it was just kind of this thing where I thought, ah, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of investors to answer to. I mean, all this stuff, it's just like limiting and, and negative. So finally, I kind of started researching it more, looking into it more. I was like, okay, actually, this actually could work. And it does seem pretty cool. And I think one thing that kind of shifted in my mind too is I had this vision that you're like taking people's money. In fact, one person I've talked to early on is like, oh, well, you're just using other people's money to make you money. And he kind of said it like that. And it hit me hard. And I, the more I thought about it, I was like, you know what? That's not true at all, actually. You're giving someone an opportunity that most people don't really have the opportunity to invest totally passively in real, real estate with someone who is you know, super knowledgeable about the space. You're basically tapping into an expert and you don't have to do anything. And so it's actually the opposite. You're providing this really cool opportunity. Um, and so it's, you know, it's kind of seen as maybe a negative way. So after I had a little more research and kind of had that mindset shift, I just went for it. And I said, okay, let's, let's start figuring out how to do it. In my opinion, the number one thing I needed to do was get uh, educated. So I listened to a billion podcasts. <laughs> I read all the books, um, you know, just kind of, just kind of went for it education wise. And then I started, okay, I'll start a website, you know, get the social media stuff going, all that, that kind of leads into syndication. And so at this point now we have uh, one deal that I can talk about because it's closing next week. And then one more kind of in the works, uh, probably shouldn't talk too much about it, but anyway, it's kind of like, yeah, it feels like it's rolling a little bit. Don't get, don't get yourself in trouble. You, yeah, 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 share, exactly. Share generally, I guess, whatever you, whatever you like. But uh, yeah, don't don't get your. I know there's the SEC is a is a trick. Yeah, they're, they're probably listening on occasion. Yeah, so right. I, I won't go into detail on that one, but I'm happy to talk about the first one again. It's closing before this will be released. All right, let's talk about it then. That sounds great. Oh, uh, cool. Yeah, so it's um it's 48 units in uh, Tulsa. 
and I, I just really love that market. I love the metrics there. We found a really kind of a cool one. It's, it's like a B, B minus maybe property in an A plus neighborhood. And it's kind of a cool one for our first one because the current manager's in place and she's amazing. And actually that's part of the reason we got the deal is because part of our LOI, we said, hey, we just want to keep uh, her in place. And the seller's like, that's part of my thing is I love her so much. She deserves to stay. And so we actually ended up winning the deal partially just because of the manager. Um, and what's cool too, is she actually ended up investing in the deal, which, which actually was really a cool thing, but it was also helpful to tell other people say, Hey, the manager believes in this enough to jump in as well. Um, so that was kind of fun. I mean, it's a good size for us. Uh, she can split payroll cause it's kind of that weird medium size. Right. And so she already has that in place. And so pretty excited about that one for sure. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. And I think having the, the manager invested in it, I mean, that, that's really strong alignment of interests, right? Like now everybody, everybody who matters really wants this property to perform well. So that's, that's fantastic. How did you, how did you find that deal? So that was, a. Uh, I don't know if it quite hit the market yet. And so this is probably really good info for, for people trying to get into the syndication spaces. We traveled there, myself and my partner, um, there's four of us now, but at the time there's two of us, we were just traveling there about every other month, just to show face, talk to the brokers, look at properties, you know, just say, Hey, we're, we're serious about this. We're serious buyers. We're ready to, ready to roll. And I think that's hugely important because I don't think people put enough, uh, like weight on showing your face, go to dinner with someone, go to coffee with someone, you know, just take the time to go out there and drive around, learn the market best you can, talk to as many brokers as you can. And so that's really where it came from was kind of broker relationship. And I, I think, you know, I mentioned we won the deal because of the manager. I think it was partially, you know, the broker had a little bit to do with it. So I can't recall if it hit the market or not. It was about to. And so we were probably one of, I'm guessing, eight groups or so to have a look at it. Um, and we loved it. I mean, we I think we saw what a lot of people saw, but I think other people passed because of the size, you know, there's plenty of people out there who want 80 plus, or some people say hundred plus. We weren't scared of the, of the under 50 because we knew how the payroll worked. And so, um, just found it mostly from a broker relation. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. And those are all great points. I mean, in terms of the importance of making those relationships and actually getting out there and, and, you know, sort of face-to-face -face meetings. So, uh, that's great. That's great. I, I, I won't, uh, I won't pry into it too much just because you haven't closed yet. I don't want to, uh, you know, get you in trouble if things get held up or something like that, but no, that's, uh, that's great. And congratulations. Uh, I'm excited for you to, to get that closed soon. So that'll be awesome. Um, why don't we sort of on that note, let's transition to the questions that I like to ask everybody, uh, each guest yeah. on the, on the podcast. The first one is related to the, to the name of the show being know your why. So Eric, what is your why? What what motivates you? Uh, you know, drives you to to do this and, and be be successful. You've got you've got a successful engineering business. What what's kind of pushing you uh, to go even further with with real estate? Yeah, I mean, I think I mean the the kind of simple answer is I again I have two kids. That one's four and one's two, and my wife. I, mean, I just want to spend more time with them. So the why would be kind of them, but ultimately I'm trying to buy back time, and so my ultimate driver is, you know, the sooner I can have more time with them, the better off. That's the goal, right? So um, I'm not terribly 
motivated by money. If I'm being totally honest, I think, I think most people want a little bit more than they have, or a lot of it more, I would rather have more time. And so my true driver is just having time with my family to travel, be there for every game, every, you know, sports thing, whatever it is. I, I try to do that now. Um, but I want even more of it. So I guess I'm a little bit greedy about time. <laughs> so that's really the ultimate driver. Uh, I 100% agree. That is, that is exactly my motivation as well. I just, I just want more time to be able to, you know, sort of be there and not miss things. So totally understand. Um, all right, second question. Tell me something about yourself, maybe that isn't common knowledge. Uh, special hobby or special skill. I mean, a hobby, um, something that maybe people don't know about you. Oh, very cool. Um, it's not really a skill, but my wife and I, uh, I guess it's six years ago. Wow. We took a year off. So we actually saved up a bunch of money, took a year off of work, uh, got in an eighties Toyota, like pickup truck thing and drove to the bottom of South America. And, you know, the van life thing now is super cool, but this is kind of before that. And before, you know, before there was, the resources. And so it's quite an adventure and I wouldn't belittle it now. I mean, it's, it's an adventure anyway, but so yeah, we took the time to like, just be us before kids travel, experience other cultures um, and took a year to drive from Colorado to the bottom of South America. And it was, it was amazing. I and mean, some, some days were tough. Some days were amazing, but it was, it was a pretty unique ride for sure. Yeah, I bet that's fantastic. I bet uh, a lot of great memories and, and uh, pictures that from, <laughs> I know that's funny. I like our house still actually there's a picture that we went and saw the sunrise uh, at this picture behind me for those of you watching on YouTube, but that's amazing. Uh, yeah. That's amazing. Uh, trip. We've talked about doing something like that, not necessarily the South America, but basically just taking time off and getting in an RV with the kids and driving around the U S and just like seeing the things that you know are there, but you don't really <laughs> take advantage of them. Cause you're, cause you know, life gets in the way, but yeah. It goes back to that whole whole time thing. So, um, where uh, how can people reach out to you uh, when they hear this? What, what's the best way to kind of find you out there in the world? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think it kind of all lives on the website. So if you go to wildoakcapital.com, you'll find my podcast, uh, which is called The Real Estate Mindset. So on my show, I talk about mindset stuff. And so I think it really ties in really similarly with yours is, you know, what's, what's the mindset behind the drive? And what do you, what do you, going for right and so i don't want to dive into my podcast too much i just want to mention it because it's kind of on a similar track yeah. you know one thing I, I think i talked about like uh mindset shift was like i really need to learn how to partner trust other people and it turns out that in doing that you just propel so much faster so much farther with other people especially if you can find people with complementary skills um and so that's really what i, what I love to talk about so you can find me on wildoakcapital.com or real estate mindset podcast is out there on all the channels too, but basically you can reach out um, through that. My email is Eric at wildoakcapital.com. Okay. Awesome. And then final question, Eric, what would you give as a piece of advice to people, you know, that are maybe a little bit behind in their journey from you? What would you tell them to, to help uh, inspire them? Yeah, I think, you know, it's probably a little cliche, but have some patience. Um, I had, I will say, I kind of like stressed myself pretty heavy first starting out because I'm the type of person that wants to go pretty fast. You know, I was like, oh, I love the syndication thing. It's so cool. Like, let me get there. And I really had to, to just kind of take it one step at a time. And the other thing I'll say is just like with that patience is just enjoy the journey. I mean, 
there's always another step. That's what's kind of cool in a way about real estate is like, you get your website done. Well, then start a podcast and you get your podcast done. Well, then start, you know, syndication pro. Well, then, you know, it's like, it's always like that. And then even if you do that, then you start getting into the, the realms of like talking about a fund, talking about, I mean, it's just, it's bottomless, right? So the main piece of advice I would say is have some patience. It really does take time. It really does take, it'd be interesting actually to do like a, a survey of people who are doing it now. How long did it take when you first had the idea of syndication to get closed on your first deal? Yeah. I would argue most of the time it's a year, maybe more. Uh, and so that's kind of coming back to the tip would be, just have some patience and then and maybe more important than that is just enjoy the journey because there's a long way to go and, and there's not really an end in sight. It's more just like the stepping stones. And if you're there, then that's kind of where you're supposed to be. So I think the tip would be just enjoy it and, and don't be too much in a rush. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I, I always forget who says it, but there's a quote, something to the effect of you uh, overestimate what you can get done in a year, but you greatly underestimate what you can do in 10 years or something. So it's just, it's a matter of, of being patient, as you said, and then you will, with time, your, the velocity will pick up, right? You'll, you'll, as you start to get better and better at it, you have systems in place. Now, now finding those deals is easier. Closing those deals is easier. It just becomes, you know, sort of more of a, a well-oiled machine and takes less and less of your, you know, kind of grinding, I guess is probably the way I would put it. But yeah, I, I love that. I love that piece of advice. Yeah. Can I give Can I give one more? <laughs> uh, so one of the thing I would say is, and you mentioned this as well, is, is start telling people what you're doing. Even if you have no idea what you're doing, start telling people what you're looking to do. You know, if you're really serious about this business, um, one thing that everyone said, and it, it rings true is capital raising is difficult. And lots of people will say, yeah, I'd be interested. And that's what they mean. They'd be interested to look, they're not necessarily interested in investing. Right. So the more you can build your investor base, uh, the better off you'll be. And if I think it just starts with telling people, here's what I'm up to, here's what I'm doing. Um, I think someone mentioned what they did was they said they'll either have coffee or, or breakfast or something or beer with someone two times a week for the first two years. And if you think about it, that's just doing that, which is not a huge commitment, that's hundred people a year. So after two years, you've already personally touched 200 people and you, know, you probably want to circle back, but that, I thought that was kind of a cool concept to just like start telling people, start telling people, you know, and that kind of comes along with the patience thing is just start building it uh, sooner, sooner you can tell people the better. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think, yeah, putting, putting some sort of strategy that's, you know, coffee with someone twice a week, that's putting something in place where you're actually reaching out to investors before you ever have a deal, before you, you know, really, need that capital because when it comes time that time goes by really fast <laughs> yeah it becomes crunch time right so like yeah. you've got this psa and then the, the closing is yeah. a month away and then <laughs> it's, you know, you're watching capital the raise. capital raise and it's like yeah. oh gosh yeah. <laughs> a long way Very to go I, 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 uh, I, I, the, what's encouraging though is to see the people that have been doing it for a long time and they're like i don't even have to try to raise capital anymore like investors come to me I'm like okay that's <laughs> good to know that that's eventually where you can get. So yeah, it's, uh, it is all about patience and, and um, not, not thinking that you're going to be in that position right off the bat, right? It's not, it's not going to come easy immediately. So good stuff. Good. All, all good. Uh, all good advice. 
Um, well, Eric, thank you so much. I appreciate you coming on the podcast. I appreciate uh, you sharing your story. I think it was great. A lot of really good tips for people um, that I think are, are very actionable. So, so thank you for your time. Yeah, no, my honor. Thanks for, um, thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Absolutely. All right. With that, we will take off. All right. Have a good day, everyone. I'd like to show you why knowing your why is the start of your journey. Without a strong why, it can be so difficult to reach your maximum potential. My name is Dr. Jason Ballara, and every week I meet with real estate investors and mindset specialists that are taking action in order to build a life according to their own terms. We will break down what drives successful people and allows them to achieve at such a high level. If you are a professional wanting to break through, or simply someone that wants to hear an inspiring story, the Know Your Why podcast is made for you.